the one piece of this that I think is bad news is I think that it, in the short term, at least, is going to further fuel those companies that are trying to be really good at something. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Black Line Podcast. What what I like to refer to as the post world champion edition. Post world series. Yeah. World champion, baby. No world world champion. That's all you gotta say. World champs. District Pretty of Champions. Run. District of Champions. Actually I've been getting some sleep now. Yeah, no kidding. Month was kinda kinda crazy. No kidding. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Yeah, now we got uh now we've got uh, time to do other things. So, anyways, nothing to talk about baseball. Baseball season's over. So well, I guess the celebration isn't over, but you know. Yeah, the celebration's over. We're in free agent season now. Well, that's true. It's over. It's over. So I guess soon we'll be talking caps again. We'll be we'll be back talking about the Capitals. Anyhow, um, it was a big day in the world of SAS yesterday. Yeah, there was uh, two very interesting acquisition announcements. Uh, and and for those of you that uh, don't know, or you know, for our throngs of audience that are going to pick up this episode three or four years down the uh, down the path, right? I'm sure people will be coming back to this episode in three or four years, Mike. Don't you think? Yep, absolutely. Learning new things. So HubSpot bought. Um, HubSpot bought PySync, and SalesLoft bought Costello. So that's like the first time I can think of two reasonably known companies um, acquiring like two two events on the same day. Is that in the world of I, I think in the world of sales and sales and marketing, or or more so Martech. Mar, 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 Martech, um, yeah. Says, yeah. Yeah, and they, I mean, I, for most people that are listening, they probably have no idea who PySync or Costello is. Now, most people would know who HubSpot and Salesloft are. You know, I think it really depends who's listening. Um, I think most people will know who HubSpot is. I bet you. Well, no, I'm saying Hub, they would know who HubSpot is. Potentially sales law, but not pie sync. Oh, right, right, right. I'm saying I don't know. I don't know that they would know. I don't know that a lot of people necessarily listening know who know who sales law. I mean, if you're in that segment, then you know who sales loft is. But um, yeah, and we're 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 we're, we're going to get into that because what I want to talk about today is is um, well, I guess I want to know when are when are you uh, when are you getting acquired, Mike? Hey, man. I mean, where I don't I you know out of my control. Where should uh, where should people send the term sheets? Uh, home address. <laughs> they show, you're not accepting it by email? <laughs> or email, yeah. They can ride it on a horse if they want, but, so, you know. So I, I want to talk a little bit about what, what, you know, what do you think it means from, from the standpoint of kind of the SaaS world and SaaS maturity and, you know, the whole MarTech ecosystem uh, maturity. What does it mean? Does it mean anything? Um, and then get into a little bit of, of what we think about the the transactions themselves and and what does that mean and what can people learn from it and what should they be aware of etc so um today is a conversation about acquisition so i'll start off with my first question do, do you think it um does it mean anything in, in in a broader context you know have we entered the third inning you know it's a, it's an interesting question i don't you never know how these things are going down in the background, um, whether or not they're one, potentially aqua hires, two, are they acquiring technology? Um, are they acquiring a mixture of both aqua hire and technology? Are they acquiring just the technology, et cetera? What I would say is I think both, the acquisitions to me seem different. Uh, I think if you go back in time and look at, you know, since they brought Brinker on, at HubSpot, Scott Brinker, who is uh, their VP of the app ecosystem. We're not, I think we're those, not talking about the uh, armored trucks here. Right. So Brinker, uh, Darmesh, who's one of the founders of HubSpot, 
I think if you go back and just look at their, their tweets over the past year and a half, two years, they've kind of always been in this, this, this uh, fascination with iPaaS um, or, you know, kind of the, the systems that allow you like Zapier to kind of share data amongst uh, systems. And I think it was something that they were lacking uh, just from a pure technology perspective. So I would not be surprised to see that HubSpot, if, if, if we were to find out after the fact that HubSpot actually uh, courted PySync um, and said, you have some technology that we really, 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 really want. Um, whereas SalesLoft, I don't know, was, was, was Costello in a position to where they were growing, where their board was happy, or was it like, hey, let's go do, you know, let's go sell the company because you guys can't grow as fast as we would like. Um, so there's, there's just a lot of unknowns. And, but I think probably HubSpot courted uh, Python. Well, well, if we were only going to talk about the knowns, then, then this would be a news channel, Michael, right. not, a, not the Black Line podcast. Where, where, where we read into it. Um, so, you know, my sense on, on the HubSpot side is I don't, I don't, I don't think it was an aqua hire because HubSpot has done aqua hires in the past. This is the first time I can think of where HubSpot announced um, a full pure acquisition and that the acquired company is maintaining its identity. And so like PySync is still, um, a standalone offering. Um, I kind of laughed a little bit. You know, this is big news for, you know, as a HubSpot and as a HubSpot customer, you get a 25% discount if you uh, sign up for a PySync plan. So, uh, and, and so again, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to, to um, the individual perspectives because I, I, I have some interesting takes on that as well. But I guess going back to the question, do you think this means something in the larger context? Is this the sign of, you know, is this the beginning of a consolidation? It was good. You like that? I lost my. Uh... No, I, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I think we're we're absolutely going to see some consolidation, but I, I wouldn't say that these two acquisitions were any. Sign no, I don't. Sign. No, I don't. Well, and again, I don't. I don't mean like. Yeah, we, we talked about WeWork and, and WeWork seems to be the, um, the, 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 you know, the sign potentially of the apocalypse, you know, people woke up. I, I, I don't think either of these acquisitions are like, I don't think we could call, you know, that, that we're not entering a consolidation phase or anything, but, but it is interesting that, that, you know, four companies that have all been aggressive in this space, um, you know, one, you know, th th those, those acquisitions happen and, and, and what has been a relatively quiet, um, you know, I can't think of a lot. I mean, Salesforce is obviously always buying companies, um, but but other than Salesforce buying companies, I I can't think of uh, a lot of, of 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 those types of acquisitions. So you so you don't think this? You think it's just kind of? Um, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but you coincidence, not, nothing to read into. It doesn't mean anything from a um, from a larger sense from a from a larger. Uh, I don't. I in my opinion, I don't. I don't. I don't believe so. Um. So I, I like I, I know. So full, full disclosure, I, I obviously know the people at HubSpot and have a very close relationship with HubSpot. I know the the founders of Costello um, fairly well. I mean, I wouldn't say we're friends, but but we've had a lot of conversations, and I was very familiar with their uh, with their roadmap and what they were trying to do, and, and I was a big fan of theirs. Um, and I know some You're of the on their website. Am I, am I on their website? Oh, that's right. I, I mean, I'm on the, I'm on the blog. Um, am I somewhere else other than the blog? I know they did two blogs with me. You're, yeah, your, your, your picture shows up at the bottom of one of the pages or something, like customer the, testimonials or something. Is that, the, is that the page they don't want people to go to? Probably, yeah. Yeah, I understand. I understand. They should put it at the top if they don't want people to go to it. Um, so... Um, and I know some of the people at Sales I don't know any of the people at PySync. I had not been looking at PySync. I wasn't, um, you know, I, I was not particularly familiar with them on, on, until the acquisition. So, so I share that. And, and, and obviously, because of some personal relationships, I want to be somewhat careful how, how I characterize things. But I, so I'm curious, because you're the person who's in the most empathetic position for, um, 
for the acquired companies in that you know you've you, you, you saw something, you built something, you're, you're continuing to build it, et cetera. And, you know, I found it interesting. I, you know, I know, I know Costello is, is, I mean, they're growing, but, but still small. Um, PySync probably, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much they're doing, but I, you know, I'd guess somewhere in the, somewhere in the one to $5 million ARR um, range. Um, so, you know, clearly, you know, so PySync I think was a little bit more, um, you know, at a little bit more mature stage than, 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 than say Costello, but so so the question um, the question I ask you is, you you start a company um, is if, if you're on the path, you know if if you're a one to five million dollar, um, or even half million to five million dollar uh, SaaS company, and and you sell to um, you know, a much bigger player. Is that like, is that the plan? Like, do people say, Hey, one day I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get to two and a half million dollars and sell. Um, no, well, it depends. <laughs> I, I should say it depends. Um, depends on if you've raised capital or not. So both parties had raised cap, that's, that's, had raised significant I, 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 I know that. Like, I think PySync raised somewhere, if, if Crunchbase is, is correct, somewhere in the range of like $5 million. Um, I don't know how much Costello raised. Um, so for them, it's got to be a, it's either got to be a, a little bit of a fire sale or too good of an offer not to pass up because these venture funds are not looking for singles, you know, when we talk to Steve Powell, it's the same thing. It's like, they don't want their money back. They've got to make multiples because they've, they've bet on a lot of horses. Um, so uh, it's, it's either a situation where I, I hope this is the situation for both is that it was just too good of an offer not to pass up and well, I guess now thinking about it, and since you asked the question, there's there's really three things that could be happening. One, it was too good of an offer not to pass up. Two, we're not growing at the rate of speed that we uh, that our board uh, required and needed of us, and therefore we're going to sell for a, really anybody that will that will acquire, and hopefully we'll we'll all make a little bit of money along the way. Or three, the founders just got straight up exhausted. Uh, and trying to grow the company and they're like, hey, this other company's culture and everything aligns with the goals that I have. And I would, you know, I'd, I'd rather be part of a, of a larger entity to make a bigger dent. Um, and I think I can make a bigger dent by being a part of a larger entity. So I think there's a, you know, emotionally and optionally, those can are I ask, the three things. So, so I, I almost hate the questions that I'm asking you, but, but I do feel like it's the role of, of, of this show because I, I want to go on record as saying that I, I, I salute everybody that's involved. Um, you yeah. know, I, I, I remember when Kyle Porter, I remember when Kyle Porter's, when, when SalesLoft was the way to get email addresses from your LinkedIn contacts. Like that was his thing. I, I, um, I was there when he announced Cadence, Cadences, which is now really what the product, you know, yep. has, has grown from. And, and um, that he's raised like over a hundred million dollars. I know um, I, I was early with, with Costello um, you know, they're, they're only like what, two years or so actually found it, uh, 2016, August 30th, 2016, by the way, according to Crunchbase, they raised $3.1 million. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's interesting. $3.1 million and $5 million. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back to that. Um, so I just want to say, I salute, I mean, you came up with an idea, you executed the idea, you, you, you built a customer base. Um, you know, Lord knows there's a lot of people that I'm familiar with who, who, don't even get aqua hired or anything. So, so this is not an, this, I hope no one perceives this as, as back to your quarterback and going, ha ha ha. No. And, uh, and you gonna, know what the other, the, the other, the other thing you have to remember too is, you know, every company is not going to be a home run and, and a lot of it does come down to luck. And the fact that they were able to pull off an execution and be able to, to actually sell their company. So, or be acquired. It, it speaks volumes about what they did and it will speak volumes for them in the future. So even if this wasn't a home run for them, Hey, 
I can come back and say, hey, I sold a company to HubSpot, and therefore I'm going to, you know. So, so what you're saying is, even if it's not a home run for them, it's going to look really good in their biography, and they'll be able to increase their speaking fees as a result of that. So worst case scenario, or, they double well, their speaking I, fees. Right. They can double their speaking fees, or if the next time they go to raise capital for their next venture, it will be far easier. Um, I mean, look at Cancel, you know, case in point. All right. Well, I, let's stay focused on these guys. You're going to get me down. Yeah. You're going to get me down a, um, a, a, another track. So, so, because I think there might be a there, there, there's actually a little bit of a signal here that that I think may be, um, and, and I and I think it's fascinating from the signal that that means something to to people uh, that might be listening, especially if on 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 the buy side, but also how you're thinking about the path that you're taking. And then I find something really interesting on the. Um, on so that that anyways I'm going to confuse myself and everybody if I if I try to preview <laughs> too much. So I, I heard a statistic yesterday. I, I think it was Mark Robert who talked about this. I was watching a video of of his presentation at last year's um, Saster Annual. And he asked the question. He says, "Does anyone know what the failure rate of a Series A funded company is? Failure rate as we lose all the money? I think that was you know, failure rate. You know, so guess what the failure rate of a Series A company? Complete total failure." Complete and total failure, like straight up out of business, mm -hmm. tech just goes to the wayside? Uh, no return, zero, zero dollars. I mean, I don't, I don't know that. Uh, Gosh, it's got to be 80, 90 percent. 75%, 75% is what yeah. he said, 75%. What's the failure rate of Series C? So from Series A, and by the way, for those of you that are not listening, Series A is not your first round of financing. You've gone through right. really most likely two or three rounds of financing now before you, you, um, you know, it used to be, we used to call the friends and family round. We used to call that the angel round. Now we've pushed angel back two levels just so we can push further to, to get to Series A, I think. So, so Series C would be, you know, two rounds later. Guess what the failure rate is? And I found this number to be fascinating. I don't know. 75%. Like getting from series A to series C. Now, certainly there are companies that fall out, but getting from series A to series C, like that, that for those of you that think the money out there is smart, that, that, that should take care of it. So, so here's the thing that I find really interesting. I find three to $5 million raise. I find that a really interesting um, number, right? It's, it's not, I mean, it's a big number. <laughs> can you like go back to the time when you were a kid and you know you had raised three million dollars you think someone would ever define that as anything other than like big huge right. huge um it, it, it i think you know three to five million dollars is a really interesting no man's land um so you said something and, and this this is actually what prompted to, to why i said i, I don't want to sound like a back um backseat quarterback um you you talked about the fact that, you know maybe you you hit the point where you realize that I can have a bigger impact inside a bigger company. So I'm going to ask you just a flat out blunt question. Is, isn't that just like saying um, I'm resigning because I need to spend more time with the family? I mean, isn't that what you say as the way to rationalize? And I'm not saying it's the wrong decision, but like that you're, that is not a decision that gets made. I'm posing, that's not a decision that gets made by choice. That's what you say when, when a lot of, uh, you, you maybe had an option, but, but the, the odds got, um, the, the odds were less and less in your favor. Right. Yeah, I, I, I would, I would say so. And, and you, you come to a point of realization that, Hey, again, if I want to, if I want to see this thing through, I don't, I don't think I, I don't think we can do it on our own. Right. So, so you declare victory by saying that, but, but again, yeah, it's correct. not, it's not. Um, and, and you might look back on your life and say, wow, that was the smartest thing I ever did. But, but I'm just saying that that is because uh, things are, you don't do that because things are going to plan. You do that and you say that when things are not going to plan. Correct. But the one thing you have to remember is once you, 
once you sign away a portion of your company to three to five million dollars in funding, oh, uh, that yeah. decision that decision in a lot of cases is is no longer yours. Oh, I get it. Oh, I totally right. That's what I'm. I again, yeah. and I want to emphasize like, I salute my hat. I I, I respect everybody involved in here. Um, they, they are they are success stories unequivocally. But but there's also you know uh, the other side of the story. So because because here's the other thing that, that that hits me. You said okay, so you're you're um, you're working your, you know, what off you're this, you're this, this means you made the decision to sell, not the decision to raise more money. And, and again, correct me if I'm wrong. The moment you, the moment you raise three to $5 million, you're, you know, the, the ship has left the Harbor. Yeah. I mean, the clock, the clock is straight up but, ticking and. But, but what I mean by that is like, Maybe if you raise a million dollars, you're like, I raised a million dollars because I needed, um, hell, maybe $2 million, you know, because I, it, one round, right? So three million, bo both of these companies had multi, you know, had, had more than one round. Um, yep. So, so the moment you're doing that, the, mo the moment you get to that point, the amount of equity that you're giving up, the amount of, you know, all, all, all those things that happen, you're now, you're now in the game where, where you are raising money and, and, and you are in a sprint to, can you turn the money you raise into more value than the money, right? And, and you know, the idea that, hey, so what, what happened was, you know, we raised some money because we needed to get this idea off the ground, but we wanted to maintain ownership of it. So, like, you don't do the second round. Like, so, so what I'm saying is, it's probably a pretty good indication that the environment for another round was less than ideal. Yep. Right. And so I mean, I can tell you, speaking from my own experience, had we raised, had we raised a million, two million, three million bucks, one hundred percent, I'd tell you all day long, one hundred percent, unequivocally, we would be out of business right now. Right. No. I and and we'll, we'll circle. I don't know that you could say that. One hundred percent. You one absolutely one hundred percent. When we were in the stage where we were thinking about raising capital, had we raised money, it would have been a, to me, a colossal failure. Well, I so I. It didn't I, allow us time to iterate. It didn't allow us the time to. You would try have become things, something. Experiment. We would have we, we would have become something that just wasn't didn't give us enough time to listen to the market because much like PySync and Costello, they're 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 on the forefront of 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 new things. They their iteration. Really. Really? Think about when PySync specifically started, when they started in 2014. I mean, think about the lack of APIs across all of these different systems. And that's what they do. They, 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 they tie in all of those APIs so that you can have a single, okay. single source of, of truth. I mean, look at, not to pick on them because they're, they're, they're investing a ton of energy and resources and effort, into it. I mean, HubSpot is their coverage of APIs is, is still very lacking. Yeah. I, I, so I, I'm, Do I have you speechless, Doug? No, oh, yeah, I'm trying to figure out. Or, or, or to, confused. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I want to finish the thought on you. I, I think. You, you may very well be out of business. It, had you raised money, you wouldn't be what you are. You, you, you would have had to do something else. You would not be happy because I don't think you would be, you know, you've been able to focus on building a quality product and you've been able to focus on that because you didn't raise. I think if you had raised the money, you wouldn't have been able to focus on, on a quality product. Um, I also think it's easier to raise the first $2 million than, than the next round of, of, of $2 million or more because, absolutely because, you know, the, you know, it, the old joke, it's easier to raise money before you have revenue than after you have revenue. Cause if you don't have any revenue, then it's all potential. You know, the moment you've got $15 of revenue, now you only have $15 of revenue. Right. So, yep. um, and, and so like, I think that what we're seeing potentially, and again, I don't know any of the backstory. So someone could be listening to this and they could tell me I am totally wrong. And if, and if I am, I'd love to know. And, and, and I will um, gladly admit I'm, I'm speculating for, for, for thoughtful purposes, 
Um, I would not be at all surprised if, if the environment to raise money today is harder than it was six months ago. I, I think that there are a lot of, um, I think that there's a lot of, of, of companies that are maybe a lot of funders that are maybe waking up and going, oh, wait, hold on. Maybe all those numbers and all those valuations and everything, maybe they're not real after all. And uh, maybe a bird in the hand. So like, I think six months ago, a bird in the hand was not considered to be worth two in the bush. Yep. Right. And I, I would bet that that probably is no longer, they're, they're at least a hell of a lot more in balance if, 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 if nothing else. Right. And so, you know, it, it, cause, cause it's interesting. It's interesting that the two companies that, that they sold to, right. So, you know, sales loft had built an integration. I'm sorry. Um, Costello had, had built an integration with sales loft. Um, and from some things I understand, you know, that, that had become a, um, a really, you know, it had, had become a sweet spot for them. Um, PySync. So here's a question for you. Let, let's just pick on PySync because I don't know anybody at PySync. How much of the decision on HubSpot do you think was a buy versus build decision? Because I know when I saw the announcement, the first question that came to me is why didn't they just build that functionality themselves? Um, this is kind of hard for me to... Uh, speculate slash kind of talk about. Um, but I think HubSpot's at a stage now we're finding, and we've, we've talked about it in previous podcasts, things like that. Like one, it's time to market, to build. Two, you've already got so many different priorities mm -hmm. in the business. Mm -hmm. Once you get to a certain stage, it makes a heck of a lot more sense to start doing acquisitions versus assuming that you do your due diligence and you do it properly, mm -hmm. that you do acquisitions versus kind of the build. Um, and I think there's an even, I think there's an even balance there, but I, I certainly think there were probably people within HubSpot that said, Oh no, let's just go build it. And then there were people that would say, well, that's going to take you 24 months to build it. Any engineer can tell you any really good engineer can build Facebook just like Zuckerberg did in a night. But to make that scale and make it actually work and grow and those types of things, right. that's where the real challenge comes in. Right. So, so you're talking about it from, from, the buyer's, from the buyer's perspective. I'm talking about it from the seller's perspective, right? Mm -hmm. how, how much less valuable would PySync be if HubSpot built that capability, right? So, so right. you're in an environment potentially where, right? And, and so, let, let, right, you're, you're, you're in that place where, where HubSpot is going to build functionality if they don't buy it. Right now, I do find it interesting that that HubSpot, at least internally, at least within the partner community, they're they're making a pretty big deal about it. Um, I'm kind of sitting there, and I know a few other people are. That's like, okay, that's interesting. Um, the only explanation that I've heard from somebody that that would define why it's exciting news is think about what Pysing is going to be able to do with the HubSpot engineering team behind it now. Right. And, and so, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. But, but again, right. Like today HubSpot like, uh, simultaneous to that HubSpot announced um, or maybe Canva announced that, that they've entered some relationship where there's now a Canva button in HubSpot where instead of having to go to Canva to, to work on an image or something, you can actually do it from within HubSpot while you're putting your social media stuff together, you know, et cetera. And, and what I found interesting was that's just a cooperative relationship. I'm, I'm sure some aspect of money switched hands somewhere, but, but there was no, you know, there was no acquisition. That is a bigger impact on, you know, that, that, that changed the HubSpot product yesterday more than, yep. more than PySync buying it. And, and the announcement that, that PySync will continue to operate as, as a separate piece. Now, now I have to imagine that the functionality, that the iPass functionality of of um, of PySync is going to find its way as part of an enterprise version of the product. I mean, I, I to, to oh, not with, do that with, would, would without, not would right, not make without, any sense. With, without question, Absolutely. and without question. and and if you look at what SalesLoft is doing um, with with Costello with the playbook and 
Um, I like it now. They're calling it guided selling. Um, the, you know, there, there's certainly a lot of um, sales loft looking at it. The, the whole buy versus build thing and, um, and you've already got a base and you've got people th that are focused on it. Now, here's the thing that I found interesting, right? And this is where, I, where I'm going to get to a signal. You know, HubSpot is all in one, trying to be everything to everything, right? We've got our, um, you know, cer certainly on the growth side, they've got their three hubs, a whole lot of rumors about what the fourth hub will ultimately be. SalesLoft is now putting itself out. SalesLoft, it started as a, well, like I said, it started off as here's how to get emails so that you can spam people that you see on LinkedIn. I I'm sorry, I don't think that was ever part of their official messaging, but uh, then, you know, and I, by the way, again, I have a lot of respect for SalesLoft. I think they built a great product. Yeah, and, and um, you know what, quite frankly, uh, why is his name escaping me? He even said, uh, their founder, that, what's that? Kyle Porter. Yeah, Kyle, I read an interesting article from him years ago saying that he, the way that he built the technology was a mistake um, and, and the way that it was being deployed and, and sold, which was exactly like you said, pull LinkedIn email, well, collect email addresses from LinkedIn and then spam them. And well, the he, he, he wrote a, a great article about why that, that, that was the wrong, that was the wrong thing. Well, the funny thing is the LinkedIn piece was actually be the beginning of the second iteration. So the first iteration was even worse than that. Like the first iteration was just like, I didn't even know it during the first iteration. Apparently it did not do well at all. Not, yeah. not apparently it did not do well at all, but you know, so, I, you know, sales loft, which was, which is built for, I mean, it was really built for SDRs. I mean, that, 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 that I think still is its primary functionality. It's, you know, it's in that outreach, you know, competes with outreach. Um, and, you know, the, the, the difficulty with that has been, and, and you see their messaging changing on this, um, it, it only covers half of, of the issue. You still need a CRM. So there are very, there are some companies I'm sure that like that's their system, but most people that are using SalesLoft are also using Salesforce. And I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't even say most, I would say like the vast, vast, vast majority yeah. um, are, are using Salesforce or at least some other CRM. Um, and, and they're now going for the, I mean, so they're now trying to become a platform and, you know, they announced their partner, this and that. And, um, and so everyone is trying to be a platform. Um, now I personally think, I personally think that's a mistake. I, I, I think that, that sales loft is going to be trying to take on sales, Salesforce in, in way too much of a head to head direct battle. Right. And, and, so, you know, the question comes, you know, there, there, there's a long way to go for, for sales law to truly be able to unseat Salesforce as a true system of record. Yep. Right. Um, so, you know, we've talked before, there, there is this, this really interesting battle. Um, I, I, I told Brinker at Inbound, I'm calling it, the, you know, the, the platform wars. Everyone's trying to be be a platform. Everyone, you know, everyone, everybody's funder said, "Hey, go for that. Go, go wider, wider, wider." Right, and and so, like, I think the 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 one piece of this that I think is bad news is I think that it, in the short term, at least, is going to further fuel those companies that are trying to be really good at something. Right. Um, as, as more and more, we're, we're going to be everything. And, and the danger of that is you've got all the, you've got this ecosystem that's building out that, that you're finding players that have bigger and bigger overlap, but no, but they don't fully overlap. Right. Because none of them could get, it's, it's, it's a mile wide and it's deep. Well, you got a mile wide, but also, you're right. Yeah. You know, and, and so like that, that's where, individual applications are supposed to fill in but but nobody wants to be that application everybody wants to be that platform all right and and so like you know here's like here's a question um if you're a customer of PySync and you're not on hubspot how do you feel about the acquisition not good if you're a customer of customer Nervous. And you're not on sales loft. How do you feel about the acquisition? Nervous. Yeah, I, I would even say beyond nervous, right? Yeah. 
And so if you built a process out based on that, you're like, okay, what, what, what's going on here? Right. And, and, and for those of you that think that I might be just a little bit paranoid, a you're wrong. Cause I'm not just a little bit paranoid. I'm flat out paranoid. Right. I go to the, I go to the Andy Grove school of only the paranoid survive, but you know, th that was the Steve Jobs playbook. And everyone's trying to do the Steve, you know, everyone's talking platform, everyone's talking iPhone, everyone's talking marketplace, app store, right? Everyone's trying to follow the, the Steve Jobs playbook. And, and what was step one of the Steve Jobs playbook, right? The iPod, right? The iPod led to iTunes. iTunes led to iTunes for Windows. All of a sudden you started using iTunes for Windows and it was like, why am I using Windows? Right. Why don't I? Why don't I get a right. Mac? And 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 so that whole you know and and you know that whole thing you know led to the, the you know the iPod led to the iPhone the iPhone led to the watch. But by the way, you got to check out the new AirPod the AirPod Pros, man. They are sick. I see you got the really? old AirPod. They are sick. Yeah, I've got the old one. They're, I mean, noise reduction, like I'm out for a while. I have to be careful when I'm walking because I almost got hit by a car behind me because I had no idea anything was near me. Like, like they are sick. Anyways, um, that, that's how he did it. Those, those were all Trojan horses, right? And, and so, you know, I talk a lot about building vertical tech stacks today. And so one of the things I would, I would caution people, and I, I've been talking about this for a couple of years. I've been saying, look, if you're looking at a piece of technology, you can't just look at, at the technology today. You've got to ask yourself, if I use this technology today, what will it look like three to five years from now? Yep. By the way, we are asking with increased frequency of companies, what's your, what's your growth plan? What's your funding plan? Right? Because, you know, everybody looks good and wonderful, right? Except growth eats cash, right? I mean, what, what people forget is, the more successful you are, the more you need money, which, you know, and, and, and by the way, as you start, you know, the more successful you are, the more bandwidth you use up, the more demands that you have, the more, you know, you know, everything kind of sucks up. So you got to look, I mean, you do have to ask that question. You have to ask the question, what is your platform going to be? Right. But, uh, you know, so, so I'm seeing, I'm seeing a couple, I, I, I do think this I, is... So I, I, I want to add, I want to add to that because it's, it's a very interesting thing that I don't think a lot of people think about um, when they're selecting a, a CRM or a marketing automation system and, and, and those types of things. I, I mean, we have certainly had customers move off HubSpot and therefore, or move off Marketo and therefore they move to a, you know, some ghetto marketing automation system. And then they come back a month later, hey, like when, when are you gonna integrate with this system? I'm like, never. Like the, 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 there's no point in it. Like uh, the market that we could serve with it is just, it, it's just not there. Um, and so it, it is about some of those things with regards to building that kind of, uh... now I know a lot of those CRMs and marketing automation systems call themselves platforms that wanna, open up app stores and things like that. But for somebody that's like a specialized app, am I really going to go build on them? No, I'm not. Um, you know, it, 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 there's just not the business case there. Well, well, that, that goes to the point where uh, if you're on the buy side, you've got to look past the, the marketing speak of platform. Like that, that's, that's a great point. Everyone's throwing around the plat the term platform with. It's way, it, I mean, first and foremost, it's it's it, it's way it is unbelievably overused. Like anytime I hear a pitch where it's like we're a platform, I'm like, okay, well, tell me how you're a platform because I can tell you right now. I mean, seven cents, we're we're a system. Like that's that's what we are. We're 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 an add-on to a platform. Like, nor do we ever want to become a platform. Well. So I'm going to, I'm going to say something bold. If you're serious about growth in the future, if you're something other than just kind of maintain your, your, your less than $20 million, you're going to maintain three to 10% growth rate tops. You need to have a platform, right? If you don't have a platform, then, then 
you're going to be working against gravity going forward. Yeah. Um, and, and, and your platform is a really important choice. And, and as I see it right now, and I'd love, I'd love to get the, um, the, the, the hate mail on, on this. I only see two platforms in the market right now. I agree. Right. Salesforce and HubSpot. Yep. Right. Um, and, and, and it's, and I think it's increasingly being, do you want to be a, a, in the HubSpot ecosystem, you know, in a lot of ways, or the non-HubSpot ecosystem, yep. right? And, and I realized I just diminished Salesforce. I just called Salesforce non-HubSpot and they're only what worth like 20 times what, what HubSpot's worth. Um, and, and what I mean by that is that, you know, you know, if HubSpot's gonna be your platform, then, then you're gonna be using a lot of HubSpot dominant tools. I mean, I, I, I like that HubSpot is building, I mean, I, I obviously I'm, I'm in that platform, you know, but so if you're on the Marketo game or, or Adobe or cloud or, um, you know, then, then you're going to be in, in Salesforce. And the great thing about Salesforce is Salesforce can integrate with anything, right? I mean, you can build whatever you want to build pretty much with, with Salesforce. If you, if, if, well, you, you, yes, I mean, anybody can build anything, but you've got to have the money. Well, which goes to the point at that point, you know, by that point, you're, well, well, I would say two things. Just about everything that, that is of a significant size and scope has an integration with Salesforce because they are uh, the 8,000 pound gorilla, right? Marketo integrates with Salesforce. HubSpot integrates with Salesforce. Yeah, but so how good are those integrate? How good? They're are okay. They're fine. They're fine. The HubSpot, uh, they're all fine. I, I, they're I, fine. Hey, look, I, I, well, that's another argument for another day. They're, 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 let me put it this way. They're fine if to the level that they're not fine has a material impact on you, then you have to be operating at a size and scope that, that you have the money to build the custom integrations that you need. See, I, again, I'm, I'm just going to disagree. I think you not only have to have the money to, 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 to build some of those custom integrations, but you also have to have pretty extreme expertise within your staff in order to run some of those complex. Uh, right. complex you need to have a sales, you need, you need to have so therefore you need money. Right. Right. You, you're not, you, yeah, you need, but, yeah. And, that, and guess what? Just because I went to, it's like having an MCSC, Microsoft Certified Engineer. Remember how many of those there were hold back on, in the late on, 90s, early 2000s? If I'm a Salesforce Certified on, Engineer, that doesn't mean shit. You're, you're missing a core point of what I'm saying. If you're a $15 okay. million dollar company, how dissatisfactory could the, uh, could the integration between Marketo and Salesforce be? How much, how much of an impact could the custom integration versus the, the out-of-the-box integration be if you're a $50 million company? It could be, it, 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 could, it could have pretty substantial impact. How, how? If you, okay, so imagine this, your playbook is demand generation, a lead comes from Marketo, goes into Salesforce, the lead gets actually duplicated three times because of the way the Marketo and Salesforce call, then the sales rep, who's supposed to be calling- Well, then you shouldn't be on Marketo. Has three then, duplicated then, then, leads. Then buy HubSpot. But that is my, but that is my point. But, then, of, but that's the problem with Marketo. And, that's and, not the problem it, it, it is the problem with the integration and the way that the integration works. And that's why you need a good Salesforce administrator and a good Marketo administrator to make these systems all talk with one another. It's a very complex thing. That's what I'm trying to get across. No, I understand that it's complex, but I also know, I mean, look, I don't work with Marketo on a regular basis. I know the HubSpot out of the box integration, it works. Does it do, you know, can, can you do anything and everything with it? No. Does it have some shortcomings? Yes. But if you're a $50 million company, it's not going to make that big of a difference because you're only a $50 million company. Right. I'm just like, we all get like all wrapped up in this. Um, hey, let's run an AB test. No, I, 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 don't, I don't. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. What I'm saying, though, is if your whole process is a $50 million company does not become a $50 million company by not building some process. Yeah, but you don't. We're, we're, we're on a, well, this would be a topic. This would, this would be a fun topic for now. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but but again, you've got you've got two platforms. I mean, I don't think you would argue with me that, that Salesforce is no yeah, HubSpot and Salesforce. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Um, and and so, you know, the 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 thing that 
so so I believe that, that this is a sign of it. Now, it, we may find that, that what I'm talking, that, that these two sales had actually nothing to do with what I'm talking about today, but, but that won't make what I'm talking about today necessarily wrong, which is, this is a sign that it's not as easy to raise money, that it's not as easy to get, um, you know, the, the money's not flowing as freely. Because by the way, that's one of the reasons that you jump on board with um, a company that's already got a sales organization built in that can do, right? Because all of a sudden, you know, the fish aren't jumping out of the water as much, whether it's on the access to capital side or the access to customer side, right? Um, you know, as those things are, 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 are beginning to happen, um, I think that the platforms are, are entering a point of maturity because I think three or four years ago, HubSpot should have been asking buyer build, but didn't. Right. I think they had very much of a non-invented here syndrome. Yep. Right. Um, and, and so the fact that they're asking that question is a sign of maturity. Right. And, and, and so I do think that this is a sign of the third inning. Right now, I think a whole lot remains to be seen. What, what happens after today? How, how are these companies integrated within? I, I think if, I mean, I, there, there could be a plan that I'm not familiar with that, that would make sense. But my, my general sense is if there is a pie sink 24 months from today, then this was not that big of a deal from an acquisition standpoint. Good point. Right. Because what I see this for from a HubSpot standpoint is I see HubSpot, I see this as a step, um, as a meaningful step to what I think is their actual vision, which is being a CDP. Right, so I think, I think Salesforce is moving to the system of record game. They're playing system of record. And I think HubSpot is playing CDP. Right, and, and, and then you've got all kinds of other special, you know, my, my statement about platforms, it does not withstand. There are specialized industry or places where, where I'm sure there are providers that, that you know, need to be your, your central or core. Although I think increasingly those things are gonna ultimately manifest off of some aspect of platform. And that's kind of the war I see um, taking place. And, and what that means for, what that means, especially for mid-market companies, and, and, and this gets to my point. If, if you're GE, you're playing a different game because you can custom build whatever you want to custom build. Right. The, the, the first right. system I worked with at Merrill Lynch, which was a piece of shit, they spent a billion dollars internally, they built it themselves. They then realized, wait, this was stupid because we spent a billion dollars and we built something shitty, right? <laughs> and, and by the way, one of the reasons for that is, you know, if you build it internally, you have no, um, you don't have a product market channel, product market, right. Channel, right? And so your market's not constantly changing. The market is constantly changing, but your market is not. And so, and, and I think this is why the cloud, you know, this, this is why SaaS exists, which is why, I'm not, I, I'm still not 100% in the camp that SaaS is good for investors. I think SaaS is great for customers. I'm not, you know, it was built as this great way of, of you know, building an annuity, except for the fact that, you know, you have to change so fast. You're you, constantly you, losing that annuity, right? Right, you know, you, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, it used to be, I had, you know, I built the system and I updated it once a year and I got paid several hundred thousand dollars. And yeah, I had to wait a few years to, to try to get it Recent, you know, do you get, we, we've talked about that before, but so, you, right. You, so, so I think that, um, that what, what you're going to see, so like the next avenue of maturity, I think, and, and you're seeing, you're, you're beginning to see this grow, which is the codeless applications, applications that, that, you know, companies are starting, people are starting companies to build applications, but they're not building code. They're not, they're not in essence building their own application they're basically taking what someone else has done and and layering things on top of that to layering yep. provide, right and, and so i think that's like that's where a lot of, that, that's where i see the specialized world is, is going to come um you already have that with with salesforce or a lot of people who have some layered thing built on top of a you know salesforce sandbox environment that that you know they're then selling their their their, their version of it um, but, but again, this, this gets down to, to, to what my point is. You, you've got to take a look at, and I'll tell you, I think this is something that, that really favors HubSpot 
you, you've got to look at what is your core, what, what is the core of your stack going to be? And, and what built-in functionality does that give you? Because I think there's going to be a washout before we get to a true hub and spoke setup. So if you think about how the Windows environment became the dominant environment, we had Wintel as the, as the dominant. Then you had your OEMs that built around it. The core, you know, and then, then it became, you know, it started off as Windows. Then it became Windows and your Office application. Who bought Windows that didn't buy Office, right? Yep. I remember WordPerfect. Most there are a lot of people today that don't. Um, then it became um, desktop operating system, Office system, Internet browser. That really became the core package. And then you still had lots of things on. I mean, I have lots of things on my computer right now that aren't built or programmed by Apple. And and the beauty of the App Store that I think a lot of people are missing is the apps that you buy on the app store do very limited things, right? There's no app that you're, you know, Hey, download our app at the app store and um, it's your desktop operating system. <laughs> right. They do very limited things, but a lot of them do it really, really, really well. They do it extraordinarily well. And, and what, and what they do and what I love them is they all leverage the core technology of the device. So they're not rebuilding everything. Like everybody's rebuilding databases. Yep. Right. Um, you guys use HubSpot's database or Marketo's yep. database, right? I mean, you're so, so how much programming time do you say, like if you were funded, the problem with you is if you were funded, you would have had to build your own database architecture and you'd have to be able to manage your database architecture. Then you'd need something like PySync to make sure that your database and HubSpot's database stayed in the line. Right. Well, we did. We, I mean, we, we effectively did have to build that. We used the data from HubSpot's database. Right, but you just used HubSpot's database, right? So you didn't, like, you're not keeping two different databases. You're just pulling HubSpot's database in every time, right? Are you not? No, no. We, okay. we had to build our own compute and, uh, compute and database infrastructure. Okay, so you know what the good news is then? Like, that's your issue. That's not my issue. Right. <laughs> right. Like, so if I want, if I want correct, QuickBooks, correct. like, like, so what does PySync do? PySync says QuickBooks and, and HubSpot, we're going to keep the data synced. Yep. And I'm like, I want a finance application that just picks up off of HubSpot's database. Yes. Correct. Right. And that, so that, that regardless of how they do it. Right. Right. Exactly. So the, the problem with so much of this iPass stuff is it makes backstage issues, front stage issues. It makes yep. your yep. issue. I totally agree. Totally right. agree. Right. All I got to, all I got to pay attention to. Um, I mean, but, we've, way, we've I, had that, we've had that internal debate for a long time. Should we build a Zapier integration to give people so that they can pull out whatever they want, this, that, this, that. I'm like, dude, that's like putting, yeah, it might make development cycle times faster, but that's, that's putting the onus on the customer to, to do that. I mean, I, I have a general rule, which says the moment you have to look at a second database, you, you've cut your ability by, uh, by three quarters. You don't yep. use half of your functionality. Like there's a half-life of, actually, you know what? Each database adds a half-life. How's that for, for a simpler? Um, and, and, how many, and how many people, like, it's, it's fascinating that, that, you know, the PySync um, application is fascinating, but it's also like I can't help but think that we're 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 slapping code on top of a key vulnerability, right? We're we're keeping multiple databases synced, and and here's this goes back to what you were saying before. The moment you sync, you introduce error. Yep. Right. The moment you the moment you sync, you you um you know APIs and all other things not notwithstanding, you 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 fracture your your focus and you fracture your functionality. Yep. Right. And 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 so when you're building your tech stack and when you're thinking about what to add to your tech stack, I, I think you really have to start thinking differently today. And and I I think that that you're gonna start seeing um, companies that, that people love, they're gonna run out of money. Right. And and like one of the things that's interesting is you can only buy so many companies. 
You know what I mean? And, and, and so there's only so many buyers. Yeah. Right. And, and it's kind of like, I'd rather, if I'm, if I'm a funded company, I'd rather sell a day too early than a day too late. Yeah. Kind of like, absolutely. it's like kind of like being the man. Yep. Right. And, and, and so I think that, you know, a, you've got to take a look at and, and think about um, what is the, what is the functionality and, and this is kind of not like, I don't like what I'm about to say. If, if you're building, you know, every, every application is running out there talking about best, 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 and we're going to help you do, and we're going to help you, we're going to help you. And so you go, you jump on that and you actually begin to build your process around that. And then they run out of money or they sell to somebody. Um, and they say, oh, no, no, we're keeping the, 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 um, the integrations into this or the that. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that Costello is still supporting all their other integrations. I'm also sure that they're not supporting them like they're supporting Zalo. Right. Right. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't expect it to be any, like, that's yeah, not yeah, right. right. No, right. absolutely. I mean, that's just, that's, um, that's the way it works. And, and, and so you, so, so you look at that and you say, so like, you know, the HubSpot playbook functionality doesn't quite have the same fidelity that, that the Costello playbook functionality had, has, but if I'm on the HubSpot ecosystem, you know what, it's safer. And, and, and I think the last five or so years of MarTech has, has been focused has been dominated and, and why FOMO has been there. So, so, so prevalent is, is it's been the focus on the best solution. And I think we're going to start seeing the buy side shift, both because we're going to see an economic cycle, but also with, with what we're seeing here, I think safest is going to find its way again. And, and I'm looking to the company that begins to sell that more. I think, I think that's going to become, a bigger part of the value proposition is not just going to be, Hey, here's this cool new, whatever it, it, it it's going to be really about, um, focusing on ease, focusing on safety. And then I also think the other thing to start looking at, um, and I would be asking this question, right? I would be asking, where are your dev resources focused, right? If I'm a Salesforce shop, then I got to be looking for, for third-party applications that are, that are, you know, 50% of the resources are going to Salesforce and the other 50% are going to four or five others. If I'm a HubSpot shop, I want to see it in reverse and, and so forth. So I, I think that when you're, when you're building your tech stack and you're managing your tech stack um, and, and if you've, and if you've got a defined tech stack right now, um, I would tell you that you probably want to take a look at it right now and, and, and begin to map, you know, what is everybody's home base, if you will? Right. What is the, what is, what is the blast radius if this one goes out? What's the blast radius if this one and, goes out? What's the blast radius if this one goes out? And, and, and how is that going to potentially impact my impact, my business, and, and what is the risk associated with them going mm -hmm. out of business? Mm -hmm. Totally agree. So, so I think that, um, it, it, you know, it's fun to speculate. Um, but I do think that, that you know, when – you're, you're, you're seeing a pattern. You're seeing an end of cycle pattern that, that, that comes in and, and we've had shit 10 plus years of, of trees growing to the sky and, and, and people haven't had to think about and, and, and consider, um, I mean, hell, if you think about it, HubSpot was barely a thing the last time there, there was a cycle sales law. I don't even think was a thing. Um, there were still people using DOS back in 2008. I mean, I'm sure somebody's using it today still, but, right? So, so I think like the environment has shifted fundamentally and, um, you know, and, and, and we become far more reliant on, on, on tech aspects than ever before. And I think we're going to become more so. So I do think that this is, uh, you know, an interesting place to, to, to pause, whether you're on the sell side or the buy side to say, okay, where are we? Um, and, and I would reiterate something I've said for years, which is technology will never be the reason that your business succeeds, but it will increasingly be a major contributor to, to why you may not achieve your objectives. So uh, make, make sure you've got a good strategy uh, and roadmap for, for how you're going to utilize technology in your business. And wrapping up, what I would say is I 
again, speculation. I hope, hope, hope that the founders and employees of both PySync and Costello made tons of money, life-changing event for them. Um, and, uh, you know, wish them the best as they continue to build out their vision. Absolutely. Hats off to them. Hats off to all the innovators that are out there. Hats off to the people who are putting their ass on the line. Until next time. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the Black Line Podcast.